section 2 lesson 9 a prisoner of christ uh please uh go to uh philippians chapter 1 verse 9 but in the meantime prepare philippians 1 from verse 21 to 24 and second timothy chapter 10 all right philippians 1 verse 9 it reads yes for the life's sake I rather appeal to you, being such as one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ. Um, Philippians 1, 21-24, it says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful to you. Uh, also, Second uh, Tim, verse chapter ten, it says, "Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory." Why is it that today we cannot find Christians who are like Paul, James, John, Matthew? Mark, Luke. The answer is simple, guys. There's a great difference between seeing and hearing about something. If you go to First John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, John says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. A believer, guys, and a witness will never be the same. Jesus' disciples walked with him, spoke to him, touched him, they saw him, he died in front of them, he was raised to life, and they witnessed everything about him. It was not a theory to them it was not a fairy tale to them the bible was not a story to them they saw him they saw him ascend to heaven they spoke to him after that because he often came to them and they were sure he was alive jesus was real to them they knew him for who he really was they knew what he was above about they knew how strict he was they understood what he was about they feared the real deal. Jesus, on the other hand, knew Daddy. He knew God. He created the heavens and the earth. He created hell. He even created Satan. Jesus created human beings. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created through him and for him. You'll find this in Colossians uh, 1 from 15 to 16. So the Jews said, will, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. You'll find that in uh, the Gospel of John 8, from 20 to 23. The point here, guys, is that Jesus knew things people don't know. People didn't know. And that is a great difference. While Jesus knew and saw, people had a witness and a person whose head, they are not the same. Seeing breeds conviction, and hearing 
breeds half belief. I just wanted to lay that before we move on to the lesson of today. This lesson is about what is a prisoner of Christ and how does one come to being such? How does a person become a prisoner of Christ and what is a prisoner of Christ? A prisoner of Christ is someone who is stripped of freedom, meaning this person is not there by choice. Hardly do you see people going to jail and asked to live there. If it happens, the reason could be because the person is scared of something outside because everyone wants freedom. If you read very well the Bible, you will find that Jesus was indeed a prisoner of God. This guy came to earth and he could have done pretty much what everyone is doing. Could it be that Jesus feared God that caused him like, uh, to be like this? The Bible is the only reliable source which can give us such answers. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You'll find that in, in Isaiah 11 verse 2. Mentioned above are the sevenfold spirit of the Holy Spirit which dwells in Jesus or which dwelled in Jesus. But it still does. The, this is how Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. One of the spirits is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. This spirit is mainly responsible for causing the fear of God in people. Jesus showed the fear of, of the Lord and it was evident in the way he lived. Obviously, this gift works together with the spirit of knowledge. Hence, Jesus was very knowledgeable. But it wasn't the knowledge of the world, as in like he went to school and studied what you are studying here. No, 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 no. He had the knowledge of God, the real knowledge. This means he reasoned like God in everything. What he knew caused him to be a prisoner. But this imprisonment was more spiritual than physical, but which also came from knowledge. When we study the lives of those he himself pastored, we can see a great resemblance in their actions. And when we go deeper into their lives, we can see that they witness almost half the things Jesus knew. Who will witness a person walking on water, a person calming the storm, beaten to death for no reason, and raised to life and not fear that? No one I know of. I want us also to pay uh, attention to Paul, the one who never met Jesus physically, but came to know him after departure. Paul knew the real Jesus, and not only that, he was also taken to heaven, so he knew heaven. Who will go to heaven and see that man's power and not fear him? No one. Let us talk about John, the writer of the book of Revelations. This guy saw Jesus before he left here. I mean, this guy walked with Jesus. This guy was with Jesus when Jesus died. But this guy also was there when Jesus was raised to life and ascended to heaven. This guy saw Jesus afterwards and he was taken to see many things you have spoke about after Jesus had left. He saw heaven. He saw hell. Who on earth will not fear after seeing such? Dude, guys. Do you know, I mean, do you now see why there is a great difference between Jesus' disciples and today's Christians? It's even worse. What is being preached today in, in, in churches is totally different from what Jesus and his disciples preached. 
I sit down and I realize that these people became prisoners in their minds. They couldn't escape what they knew. No amount of beating could take that out. No amount of persuasion could change them. They had seen what they had seen. They, they were witnesses. No amount of hatred from people could change them. They preferred death over earthly freedom. Go to Revelation 12 verse 11. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, meaning they got saved, and by the word of their testimony, meaning they said exactly what Jesus said, or they saw exactly what Jesus uh, spoke about, because because of the word testimony. It says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, meaning they got saved. That's how you overcome Satan, you get saved. And then by the word of their testimony, meaning that you are testifying to the things that Jesus said. And they did not love their lives to the dead. When you read about Paul, guys, when you read about Paul, you see that this guy changed. He says that he doesn't know what he will choose between continuing living here on earth and departing to be with Jesus. You can see the guy is really confused. Will you be confused? No way, you wouldn't. Will you be confused? You wouldn't. You worked your whole life for the world and for the things of the world. Paul has nothing of the world he worked for since knowing Jesus. You will be missing out. Paul was not. Why? That guy was taken to heaven. He saw his inheritance kept in heaven. He saw his blessings kept in heaven. Yours are here on earth because you are off the earth. Paul's blessings were in heaven. Paul had proof of the things he preached about. You don't. Therefore, the difference cannot, cannot be small. Today's Christianity, I mean, today Christians will call the things of the world blessings because they have faith in things they have proof of, not uh faith in the things in heaven why guys you can't have faith in something you haven't seen that's why everyone calls the things of the world blessings you can't call the things uh, of the world curses you've only seen them paul saw the things in heaven paul saw his blessings in heaven did you know i mean where have you seen a person dropping everything about their lives because of something they're not even sure exists no one. Jesus' disciples had proof. Look at this. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to, the, but to them it has not been given. You'll find that in Matthew 13 from 10 to 11. But as it is written, I has not seen, no ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which men's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually descent. You can only see these things by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not the Spirit of the world. If you're spiritually dead, you can't see these things. You find this in 1 Corinthians 9, verse, um, yeah, 
First Corinthians 2 from verse 9 to 14. Here it is quite obvious that Jesus did and still does show these things. You understand? These things which are hidden. Do you remember Paul was the one who wanted to persecute the church before knowing Jesus? Do you think he would have renounced the things of the world that he knew for a fact existed? For the things he didn't know existed for sure? No, no ways. If that was the case, he would have done it before knowing Jesus. He would have done it before knowing the things he had seen in heaven. No. In fact, none of Jesus' disciples would have. So I'm not blaming people. I'm not blaming this generation for being like this, for, for being satanic like this. Uh-uh. They have not seen. They didn't see what those guys saw. This is why there is a great difference between a witness and a person who just heard. One's action will prove it. John even admits to what I'm saying. He says, he who claimed to know Jesus yet disobey his command is a liar. You'll find it in 1 John 2 verse 4. John is saying no one who really knows Jesus will disobey any of his commands. Why? It takes a knowing to obey that man because his commands are next to impossible to obey. They are crazy. I'm telling you, his commands are crazy. Fear is demanded. But not the fear of something you've heard. Obviously, it must be something you've seen with your eyes. These guys had to feel as if they were in prison. But there was a gain. Reading the entire Gospel of John, you will see that Jesus might have died for the whole world. Meaning he might have died. I mean, he might have brought the blood for the entire human race. But he surely didn't do it for the world. He says, I'm praying for those who will believe in me, not for the world. He's specific. He's not even hiding it. I'm praying for those who will believe in me, not for the world. He's specific. He's not even hiding it. That guy brought the blood for everyone, but he did not have everyone in mind. Not the world. He didn't care about the world. Since the creation of time, Jesus had his elect. He came here knowing his elect. He knew they, they had to start from among the Jews, going down to the ends of the world. It is quite, guys, it is quite obvious that Jesus does not have everyone in mind. He has his own elect in mind. You'll find this in Matthew 24, 23. When he's coming back, he's coming back for the elect, not for everyone. So if you think you're going to keep sinning and you think Jesus is going to forgive you because maybe he's, he's, he's desperate, you have another thing coming. Newsflash, he doesn't. That guy has his own elect. That guy has his own elect. Don't be fooled. His elect are born elect. His elect don't try to be elect. He just knows them. They were born like that. Just like we read in the Gospel of Matthew 13. That there were people who were born uh, pathway. Some born rocks. Some born thorns. And some born uh, good soil. So Jesus knows them. He knows them. So don't think that Jesus is desperate. So you keep disobeying him, thinking, thinking that he's going to beg you because he's desperate. He's not. He has his own elect. And when he's coming back, he's coming back for this elect. Not for everyone. Not for everyone. The point, guys, the point we are seeing here is that Jesus wouldn't have suffered so much for this. I mean, for this, guys. For this. If you look at humanity, you can see there is no need to sacrifice your life for, for any of them. I wouldn't. Would you sacrifice your life for people of all oh, here on earth who claim to be Christians? Would you? No, you wouldn't. How would you sacrifice? I mean, seriously. How would you feel after sacrificing and find people sinning and changing your word 
thinking they are clever, changing your word. They don't, they don't want to stop sinning. Will you sacrifice your life for that? No ways. So Jesus didn't sacrifice his life for everyone on earth. He knew that he was sacrificing for his elect. This is what Paul is also saying in the scripture above. That I am in chains for the elect. I wouldn't. I wouldn't die for anyone here on earth. I'm sure you wouldn't as well. Why? Why would you die for this generation? We hear about God's word. We hear his commands. We disobey him. We know them very well. We disobey him. We chase after our own will. We chase after our own uh, things. We don't care about his will. We simply go to church because we want people to believe that we are Christians. I wouldn't die for anyone. I'm sure you wouldn't either. I'm sure you wouldn't either. Obviously, he must have known something. And he himself says in the Gospel of John chapter 10 that his own sheep will listen to him and do as he says. He is very confident about that. I wouldn't suffer for anyone. Nobody deserves my suffering here. No, I, 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 guys, I wouldn't sacrifice my life for anyone. And I'm sure you will say the same thing. You go to church. You know yourself. You know you don't obey him. Don't look at your neighbor. Look at yourself. You know you, you know his commands, yet you don't obey him. You go to church knowing very well you don't obey him. You disagree with what he says in the Bible, yet you go to church. You know that. Who will die for me? Who will die for you? Obviously, Jesus died for his elect. People he knew very well will, will obey him. People he knew very well will obey him. This is why I said there are ways that uh, daddy gets his elect. I said, number one, it is by uh, a person dying in their innocent stage. You know, every young person, every person who dies young, like in their innocent stage, that person is an elect. They never go uh, to hell. The other way is if you get saved and then immediately you die physically meaning you get out of this world you understand because when you get saved jesus is planting his word you are not yet tested so you might continue in sin because you don't understand so if you get saved and you die immediately after this you might you must know that that person was an elect the other way is if the person is born deaf and 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 and, and, and blind they don't see, they don't hear, so you, they can't make their own decisions. You make decisions for them, so uh, it's not their fault. So Jesus will do that on purpose if he wants to keep his elect from us. You think you're perfect, you, you, you can see, you're not blind, you, you can hear, you're not deaf. And you think you're perfect, you don't know, you're given an opportunity. Like... To obey his word, you disobey him, you become the world, and you think you 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 blessed. You don't know how Jesus works. You don't know how he works. So that guy has his own elect. He has his own people. He knows will listen to him, will obey him. The last way he gets his elect is if you're not going to die after um, getting saved. If you're not going to die uh, physically, he will teach you his commands so that after being made alive spiritually, you'll be able to preserve your spirit livinghood, meaning you will remain spiritually alive by obeying his commands. So he'll make sure that you know his commands, but he will not control you though. He will not force you as well. You will have to make the decision yourself. The power of life and death is in our hands, guys. Do you understand? 
So Jesus died for people he knew very very well would obey him. This is why Jesus' disciples died for people. They knew they were dying for people who live up to the standard of Christ. They were not dying for us, especially us in this satanic generation. They did it for God's elect, people who will obey him. The short version here, guys, is that they allowed themselves to be prisoners of Christ because they knew something that others didn't know. They witnessed. So it caused them to be prisoners in their minds because they had seen something others did not see. You can't see hell and, and sin. You can't see Jesus and speak to him because that guy, when he speaks to you, he doesn't come to compliment you. He is coming to tell you that if you don't change, he's getting rid of you. That's how strict Jesus is. So you can't know that guy and, and continue in sin. Any person who comes to you saying that they've seen Jesus, they are lying if they're busy sinning. You know the commands in the Bible. So they must change. They are not changing. They are lying. They are lying. So a person who's witnessed and a person who's heard are not the same. Thank you.